This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 294 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com and you, our patrons. Welcome to the Stable Scoop with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek Live from the stable, it's every week. They bring you the news through hail or high water while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable School. Stable School. Stable School. Stable School. This is Glenda Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on our favorite network, the Horse Radio Network. Well, thank you, Helena. Well, uh, we are here again another week, episode number 294. And I think our 300th episode is going to hit just a little bit before our what year anniversary. We started in 88. What? Or 98. Or when did we start? 2008. You are uh, not geez. the kind of person who should be planning <laughs> dates and anniversaries and doing math. Six years. So, uh, yeah, it'll be about the same time. We're going to be hitting our 300th. Six years. 300 episodes. Okay, so that's coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, coming up. What are we doing? Weeks? Are we having a party? Can we I have don't cake? Know. Can we have a cake. virtual party? Is that a lot? Is that. Uh, we can have a virtual party. We can invite our listeners in. We've done that before. Do you yeah. remember the great Twitter episode? Oh, yeah, yeah. And if we're not all, you know, if, if we're drinking at the party, then it, it won't matter because we're not drinking alone. You know what? Drinking might, make, <laughs> drinking might make things better because last week's episode, nobody had a drop to drink and that was kind of horrifying. <laughs> so maybe a couple of drinks would... Tone it down a little bit. But yeah, we'll have a party. Let's have a virtual party. We'll invite all our friends. There you go. I like that idea. We'll see how many people we get in line at the same time. Okay. <laughs> Let's give it a try. Okay. Maybe we'll do it live. Maybe we'll do it uh, on the, using our live system and have a live uh, party. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, we should try that. We've never done that before. Just called it a party and had people... Whatever, you know. I would love to have us. Steve Scoop listeners, like, call in. And hang out with us and just you for guys fun. Get- you know, over at Horses in the Morning, you get to, like, totally talk to your fans and stuff. We don't really get to talk to our fans here at Stable Scoop. That is true. Yeah, yeah. I want to do that. Can we do that? All Let's right. We'll, have a, we'll plan a party. Episode 300 will be a live party. We'll do, we'll do a party. I like that idea, too. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's going to be scary. <laughs> That's why there's drinking. See, then it's less scary. <clears throat> That's... <laughs> Hey, uh, we have a couple of great guests for you today. It's going to be a shorter show than normal, as uh, we're kind of on a time crunch this week. But we do have a couple of good guests for you. We have Tony Barreto, who is coming to us from Norco, California, Horsetown, USA. They have their annual Horse Week, 44th annual Horse Week coming up, and we're going to learn all about that. Norco, of course, is one of the places that uh, we loved. Uh, we've been, uh, Jennifer and I have been there, and uh, we just like Norco. It's, it's kind of a very unique town in the United States. It's in California. Yep. 
And I want to find out if he's if they they're right out of L.A. So they should have felt the rocking and rolling going on out there. We'll find out from him if uh, Norco was affected by the earthquakes. There were earthquakes. Yeah, uh, some pretty good ones actually caused uh, some damage, knocked stuff off shelves and in stores and stuff. L.A. was having them this time. I really need to pay attention. You'd really need to watch the news a little bit. I know. And then we have a friend, an old friend of ours from Lexington, Kentucky, Megan Arsman, who now we're not going to be talking horses with her, although she is a horse girl. We're going to be talking dog agility because she just took her doggy to the 2014 National Agility Championships. I did some agility once. Did you really? Yeah, with my St. Bernard, Edgar. No. Yeah. Was he just knocking everything over? He he was. He was really good at a lot of it, except the only thing he couldn't do was the tunnel. Was like this, <laughs> got stuck. You know, those, those little tunnels. He couldn't even make it through. He was like, Yeah, no, I'm not even going there, mama. I'll do the A frame. He did the seesaw. He did he did all did the he things. Did he break anything? No, he no, was a very okay. gentle, gentle dog. Three hundred pound dog. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be interesting to uh it'll be really fun to talk to Megan about what uh, what it's like to go to take that all the way to the national level? Well, she has a corgi, so she does a corgi. So that's kind of funny. Too. Which is which is you're not you know not you typical, don't no. you don't think agility like you know we had all those like cow dogs and the yep. border collies and yep. even the retrievers and stuff you know and then my like three hundred pound Saint Bernard. Hey, over the weekend, speaking of dogs, we went out to see we went out to the Florida Horse Park and we saw lure coursing. Which was a lot of fun to watch. What's that? that? What, 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 yeah, uh, they set up this. It has to be in a huge field. I mean, it's like 20 acres of field. And they set up this elaborate uh, string system with, a, with a, 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 like a couple of white bags on the end. And they get ha- sight hounds to go out and race. And this string pulls along the ground and this bag goes. I mean, it, it's fast, too. And it goes around this huge, like, 20-acre field. And these uh, sight hounds chase them. Anything from whippets to Italian greyhounds to greyhounds to salukis. Uh, really cool, fun to watch. Did you get thing. to see any salukis? Yeah, we, we didn't see the bigger ones. Mostly they were doing the littler ones when we were there, which are fun, like little tiny greyhounds going yeah, yeah, uh, with yeah. their little legs. And they love it. They get so excited. They're yipping and pulling on the leash and ready to go. And then they send this string off. And it goes pretty fast. They send this string off and they let them loose. And they just chase it all the way. And you see them. You can barely see them at the other end of the field. The fields are that large. I could have seen Glory doing that. Glory would love it. She would just love that. That's awesome, and and nothing has to die. Everybody no. gets to have a little fun. It's a that's a great sport when dogs get to do what comes naturally to them. And oh, and they love it. I mean, they were just so excited to go, you know. And when they get back, they're all jumping around and all happy and smiling. Oh, that's <laughs> cute. Oh, that's that really awesome. Cute. That's yeah, it was awesome. fun to watch. It was it, it was it was a good time. I enjoyed that. Do you think that's something that you might introduce to Glory? I think or if we put her... Glory out in a 20-acre field, she'd never come back. Yeah, uh, okay. That's, <laughs> that's what I think. Okay. I don't know how you practice that either because it's it's like miles of this string that they have hooked to these special things in the ground, pulley system, that, and then they have this generator that runs it and makes it go, and I don't know how you practice all that stuff. Hmm. You can't really set one up yourself. I mean, it's kind of elaborate. <laughs> well, you could. It depends on how yeah. much time you and have money. Yeah, exactly. Time and money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a lot of space because this was huge fields. Uh, it was neat. It was fun. That sounds cool. Well, let's get on. Oh, and then later on, I have a tack and habit product for you that uh, I am going to review. 
So we have all of that coming up on today's show. Let's get started by going to, let's just go to Megan Arsman and talk to her about while we're on the subject of dogs and hounds. Let's just head out to Megan and find out what happened in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania at the National Agility Championships. Well, hi, Megan. Good to talk to you again. Hi, Glenn. Good to talk with you. I want to know all about the AKC 2014 National Agility Championships, and they were held in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, right? They were. They were in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, Every year they try to move it around. Um, Last year it was in Tulsa, and the year before it was in Reno, Nevada. So, yeah, they try to make it equal for people for traveling. Were you at the State Farm Show Complex? We were. Which is a huge place. It is. It is. It's pretty big. It's, it, it's nice. Um, it's nice. We had a couple of technical issues that they had uh, regarding dogs and where we could potty them. But um, besides that, it was nice. There's not a lot of grass around that complex. <laughs> there's not it. a lot of grass. There's not a lot of grass, and um, what grass they do have, they did not want us to use. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, where exactly do you want these thousand dogs to go to the bathroom? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Sixteen hundred dogs. It was the largest. Um, it was the largest national jelly championship AKC has ever had. So we had. Wow. There were sixteen hundred dogs there. Explain. I think wow. most most of our listeners will know what agility is. So explain mm-hmm. how a big show like this works. Um, well, for nationals, you work through the year to qualify. Um, they every year uh, the American Kennel Club announces um, the requirements for the qualifications for each year, and it could change. The past few years it hasn't changed. Um, your dog has to be in the masters level, which is the highest level. Um, you work your way up to it. And then once you get to that level, and within the qualifi- qualification period, you have to earn um, six double Qs, which I'll explain in a minute, five and 500 speed points, and then um, I believe it's 20 Qs, which have to be in jumpers, like 10 in jumpers and 10 in standard, I believe, if I remember correctly. And what a double Q is, at normal agility trials that we go to on the weekends, um, you run twice. You run a standard course, which has jumps, tunnels, contacts, like the A-frame dog walk and the teeter and um, the weave poles. And then you will have a jumpers course, which has just jumps, um, a t- maybe a tunnel and weave poles. And you have to qualify. To earn a double Q, you have to qualify in both classes on the same day. And to qualify in the master's level, you have to be perfect. You can't make any mistakes, and you have to come in under the standard course time. Hmm. Um, and then to get your speed points, you there the judge will measure a certain route for the course, how they expect the dog to run it. They'll measure that out, and then they have some kind of formula that they figure out standard course time for each jump height, and that's your maximum time. So it's kind of like with cross country, there's a maximum time, um, but if you um, but if you come under it, say your dog runs 10 seconds underneath the standard course time, you earn 10 speed points. But if you happen to come in right at standard course time, you don't earn any speed points. So the faster your dog is, as long as they're clean, the better it is for you. So you have about, you have about a year to, to earn um, qualifications for some people. It's easier. And for some, it's it's a little uh, more difficult, but um, it's pretty it's pretty tough road. If anybody that qualifies for it, you you gotta give props to and be proud of just making it there because there's quite a few that maybe just missed it or had some problems. 
Now, is there classes for all the different breeds? Um, they don't do it by breed. They do it by jump height. Um, what they'll do is they'll measure a dog at their withers, just like we see with horses. And um, the regular jump heights are 8 inches, 12, 16, 24, and then 26 inches. And there's different measurements for to jump 8 inches. Your dog cannot be any taller than 11 inches at the withers. To jump 12 inches, they can. They are measured between 11.01 to, or 11.1 maybe, to 14 inches, and then so on and so forth. Um, and so that way, so like you don't have to worry about like a corgi competing against a Weimaraner. Um, you know, corgis are competing against Papillons and Pomeranians and Silky Terriers and Yorkie Terriers, and then. One of the things they started a few years ago is called the Preferred Division, and it allows you to move your dog down to jump four inches lower than their measured height. So those jump heights are 4, 8, 12, 16, and 20. They're for corgis with that. shorter legs. <laughs> totally. <laughs> exactly. And, that, and, that's how, and that's what they did it for. They did it for, you know, the older dogs. Like, you know, there were still, you know, dogs that were 13, 14 years old out there competing and maybe, you know, their owner dropped them down in jump heights because it's easier on them. And then for the certain dogs like breeds, you know, my corgi jumps four inches preferred. Um, I jumped her at eight inches for a couple of years in regular, and it was so hard on her. I was having the chiropractor work on her all the time because it was hard to get the long, the long back dogs. Sometimes it's harder for them to get up and over a jump, even though she measures 10 inches at the withers. So, mm. um, so, so that actually brings up a good division. question about what, how do you know that your dog wants to do agility or what, what do you see, you know, in the older, in the, um, in some of the breeds it it's comes naturally to them. Like, you know, the working dogs, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, the, the cattle dogs and the border collies. But, uh, how mm-hmm. do you, you know, you look at your, your corgi and say, I bet he'd love to do agility. What, what do you see in your dog that makes you think this is a good sport for us to do? If your dog is highly active, um, if they are obedient, if you can do um, basic obedience with them, um, with Dally, my corgi, um, basically for her it was a matter of I, I grew up showing horses and competing and training, and I grew up in a dog family. And when I started moving after college, uh, my horses stayed in Indiana on my family farm, and I just had her. And when I got when I moved to Lexington. I had the itch to train and I had gone for a while without training horses and I couldn't afford to buy a horse. And I just kind of looked and I knew about agility because my family kind of started bringing it to Indiana years ago. And so I knew about it and I found a group in Lexington and I knew corgis were pretty good and Dally was, Dally learns quickly. And so I just started taking lessons to see if she was, you know, going to be, worth it gonna like it and she did she needed a job you know some dogs like especially herding breeds they need jobs if they're apartment dogs or if they're just you know town dwellers they need jobs and they need to learn they need to constantly be challenged um my other dog that i run she she's naturally athletic she's super fast she's super smart and she was definitely her breeder was like she needs to be a performance dog and so i was lucky enough to get her um but i think a lot of it and there are some breeds that you wouldn't think would do well in agility, but they actually do. In fact, this year at this, at Nationals, um, we had the very first ever St. Bernard to qualify and compete at the AKC National Agility Championships. 
And there you go. Well, let's drive. just let's. I <laughs> gotta stop go, you right Alina. there. <laughs> I gotta stop you right there, because I actually did agility with my Saint Bernard for. We just really? did it for, for two years for fun because it was something to. Uh-huh. He he needed the training. He needed the socialization, the exercise, and it was something fun for us exactly. to, together. And um, it was you know it's it's like having a child because mm-hmm. it helps them step outside their comfort zone. You know, like getting him to go up to the you know go over the A frame required effort on his part. But then once he achieved that, my goodness, he enjoyed the A frame. You know, and mm-hmm. and the teeter. He always had trouble with the poles, and he would absolutely never go near the tunnel. <laughs> we always had to take mm-hmm. an eye on the tunnel. But whenever I told somebody that we were doing agility with a St. Bernard, you know, you get the raised eyebrows and the giggles, but you really can't underestimate what any dog is willing to do or what they're going to enjoy until you try it. No, exactly. And this St. Bernard, his name's Hummer. And in fact, he made it, he was so close to making it into the finals and I watched him move and he just, you know, he ducked down to go into the tunnel. He, you know, he basically bent those leaf poles out of his way and did the weaves. It was remarkable. I mean, every <laughs> time awesome. he ran. He could bend anything he, ran, he wanted he, out of the way. <laughs> exactly. He, You know, every time he ran, the crowd went wild and cheered him on because it was remarkable to see. And you see so many chihuahuas do agility. Um, you know, you see a lot of Border Collies and Shelties and um, Golden Retrievers and Australian Shepherds. And you do see a lot of corgis, um, but, you know, there's also Belgian Malinois, you know, there's tons of different breeds that will, that do agility and they're successful. And there's some that maybe they aren't as successful, but, um, you know, it's just like you said, it's just, you know, giving it a try and putting them out of their comfort zone. You never know what you're going to get. I mean, you could get even, you know, I have friends that run rescue dogs that, you know, one is a mutt and, or what NAKC calls them, you know, an all American or a mixed breed. And, you know, they're just as good, if not better sometimes. And, you know, mm-hmm. and all. Yeah. So it just, it's, a, it, it's not just a breed thing. You know, don't just look at a dog and be like, oh, there's no way that dog could do agility because you never know. Now, do, do, um, so, so do they give a, you know, obviously all the different classes have, have their champions and the different heights and everything. Is there a grand champion then? Do they have somehow that they do the, the, you know, like they do at the Westminster dog show? No, no. no, Cause it's just not fair to compare, you know, the speed of, um, like say my, my best friend actually won, um, the national championship in four inch preferred on Sunday, um, with her cardigan Welsh Corgi and, you know, there's no way you could compare Porter's time to the Border Collie that won the 24 inches. Right, you know, it's right. not it's not a fair it's not a fair comparison. So, you know, you just have your jump height winners, and you're very proud of being in that distinct group. How'd you do? How'd you and your little corgi do? Um, Downey and I did well. Uh, we were sitting in the top ten until the last day, and then something very uncharacteristic happened, and. I like it too, just like training, working with horses. You know, when you work with dogs, you never know what you're going to get sometimes. You're working with another brain. It's not like, you know, they think exactly what you think. They're going to think on their own. And she got a little spooked at something. I have no idea. Um, we've been doing Jilly for seven years. This was our third nationals. We, she's, we've gone to trials in North Carolina to Nevada. And, um, and she, something, she didn't like something and decided she was done. So I didn't, I kind of got knocked down out of the ranks. But um, which was disappointing. But then when my uh, then when my friend Miranda and her dog Porter um, moved on to the challengers round and then to the finals, that made, totally made up for it. And when 
when I saw her win and, you know, she got to take the victory lap and be called, you know, preferred national agility champion. That's, you know, that made, made a, a ton for it. So I was, I was very proud of Miranda and Porter. How loud is it with 1,700 dogs? <laughs> Good question. It can, be pretty, it can be pretty loud in the rings. We had, and, and Temple, in Harrisburg, we had um, three rings. We had uh, two buildings. We had um, one, the um, large arena, I believe, was the one that had um, three rings. And then the equine arena had two rings going. And so it could get it could get pretty loud, especially we always laugh um our four-inch jump height division, we had a lot of corgis in there. And, you know, when our corgis are revved up, they're barking. And some of those volunteers were like, man, you guys are louder than the 16-inch dogs were. And we're like, well, you know, we got corgis. They got a lot to say. It's always those little dogs. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. And it is funny. I've seen corgis do agility before. And it it is funny to watch. (laughs) It's it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Yeah, that's what I meant. It's fun to watch because they're... get so excited i was telling mm-hmm. helena that we just went and saw lure coursing for the first time at the florida horse oh, park. yeah and that was a That's riot fun. that was a lot of fun talk about dogs get excited i mean those hounds are yes. ready to go <laughs> they are ready to and go i i've done lure coursing with my swedish Valhund, and oh my god she just goes crazy i mean i've been to a terrier trial where they've done it and i mean just I mean, that's like a lot. Uh, just so much barking. If you go to a terrier trial, I'm just like, I, I, I got overwhelmed, and I have corgi. I have a corgi, and I was just like, I, this is way too much barking for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were very excited. That's I mean, they were all barking, just man. so excited to get running, and I'd love to try our greyhound at that sometime. But I'm just afraid if I turn her out in that 40 acre open field, I'd never see her again. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, there's a ramp up period, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, there, yes. there does have to be a little practice, a little bit of training before you just set them loose. <laughs> yeah. You have a good callback. Well, so it was fun. You had a good time. It was. It's always a good time, especially if you can go with a bunch of your friends. And um, I had, you know, I had five other friends joining me. We were lucky enough to get a stall, so we, a horse stall, so we were able to put our crates in there. So we had, you know, food and stuff. And, and uh, we, we call ourselves the small dog posse um, because we have all small dogs, you know, eight, you know, four, eight and 12 inches. And, and uh, so we, we have, when we go out together, we have a good time. So it, it so to be able to travel my first year going to nationals, uh, I was only able to go with one friend. We went out to Reno and we flew while somebody drove um, our dogs out there. And that was fun. It was a fun experience, but we really wanted to share it with everybody else. And then last year when we went to, when we qualified and went to Tulsa, we were able, more of our friends were able to get qualified and go. And that was, and that, you know, makes the road trip fun. We were driving back yesterday and, you know, doing mass text messages, you know, the co-pilots were texting, not the drivers and, um, and, you know, just texting different things and, you know, and jokes the entire time, you know, made the nine hour trip fly by. Well, I, uh, I actually worked in Harrisburg for a long time, so I'm, I'm very familiar of where you were along the river. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 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 I'm so glad that you got to do this. Congratulations. And we'll definitely keep Thank an you. eye on you and, uh, keep in touch. Thank you. Yeah. I did some coverage for a couple of magazines while I was out there. So that was fun to do. And I had put together, um, what we call Team Daily Corgi. Um, the Daily Corgi is a is a blog devoted to corgis, and you know, so we kind of I did a bunch of social media stuff, like followed, you know, who Team Daily Corgi, how they were doing, and 
So it was pretty cool to have uh, one of our one of our team members win the national championship, and it'll be pretty cool to be able to interview my interview my friend for an article. So <laughs> now, give the uh, website address for de- Team Daily Corgi. Um, team Daily Corgi. If you um, just go to thedailycorgi.blogspot.com, um, Lori Eno is a woman absolutely devoted to corgis corgi rescue stuff like that she always features corgis every day and um so i've worked with her the past couple nationals to do some wrap-ups and everything and to give corgis you know a little bit of an extra boost and um so we had we had hashtag team daily corgi and hashtag stumps of fury going on through nationals we had uh, five corgis uh, as part of the team and then um and they all did very they all did very well and represented so Lori was really excited and I'll be doing a wrap up for her probably uh tonight. I we she wanted one Sunday night but we weren't done partying and celebrating until like eleven o'clock and had to be up by six. So <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> well very good. So, Thank but, you, Megan. We appreciate it. You, Megan actually has a company called Megan Arsman Communications and mm-hmm. you, you they can find you on Facebook too, right? They can, they can, yes. Thank you. Very good. Thank you, Megan. Well, that was fun hearing about dog agility and all of that. Makes me want to get Glory out there and see if she can do any of that. Yeah, kind of makes me think about another St. Bernard, too. I know. I was thinking about yours, too. And, well, look, one made it to nationals. Who would have thought? I know. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> to everybody who poo-pooed Edgar and me at agility. <laughs> Must have been quite a sight. You at oh, five he foot was two, so and damn him at cute. him at five foot four, uh, but the, <laughs> standing at the top of the A frame, really looking all proud. I mean, there's just nothing cuter. <laughs> the course designers are going to go. He's going to break my display A frame. All right, we're going on to our next guest. Right after this word from our sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products, we have coming up with us Tony Barreto who is coming to us from Norco, California, Horsetown, USA. And it truly is. It is a one-of-a-kind place. I, I think everybody in that town is required to own a horse. And whether you have an acre or half an acre or a quarter of an acre, you've got a couple horses in your backyard. And it is just a fun, fun town. And they have something that they do every year called Horse Week. And this year, it's the 44th Annual Horse Week. And we have Tony on, who is the president of Horse Week, to talk about it. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Electrolytes. Who needs them? Your horse, that's who. Electrolytes perform critical functions within your horse's body. They help regulate nerve and muscle functions by carrying electrical impulses between cells. In addition, electrolytes assist the body in maintaining a healthy fluid balance by controlling your horse's desire to drink. When your horse loses significant amounts of electrolytes and fluids, problems such as dehydration, muscle cramping, fatigue, tying up, and colic may occur. Even in mild forms, these conditions can have a negative impact on your horse's ability to perform and recover after exercise. Top riders and veterinarians turn to Summer Games Electrolyte to keep their horse healthy in hot weather, and you can too. Summer Games replenishes the electrolytes and trace minerals lost when your horse sweats. 
and it stimulates the thirst response so your horse continues to drink and stay properly hydrated. So when the going gets hot, trust Summer Games Electrolyte from Kentucky Performance Products to protect your horse. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Good morning, Tony. Well, good morning, and thank you so much for having me on. No problem. I love Norco. You know, it's actually our trip to Norco that convinced my wife we needed to move to a warmer client. We didn't climate. We didn't go to California. We ended up moving to Florida, but we moved to a horse community here in Florida. It was because of that trip to Norco. So, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about Norco for weeks and weeks and weeks afterwards. Norco, well, where Norco, else Norco. can you go that they actually have, instead of sidewalks, they have bridle pass, and instead of a parking lot, you have hitching posts for your horse at the bar, uh, and then your horse takes you home when you're drunk. It's makes perfect. <laughs> horse takes you home when you're drunk. I, my kind of town, man. My kind of town. Yeah, no DUIs. That's right. <laughs> Does anybody ever get pulled over for, like, riding drunk? did happen uh you know obviously you're not supposed to be drunk in public uh but the judge did throw it out because the horse hadn't been drinking so <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> well tony you have this event coming up before you talk about that norco is situated just to the west of la in california and i know you guys have had have been rocking and rolling and doing some rumbling out there with earthquakes have you felt them in norco oh yeah we've had a few we've had a few and well, you know, uh, I, I've, I've been uh, here since 64, so we felt them, you know, and uh, we just kind of write them out. See, that's a guy who's lived there his whole life. If you and I were there, Helena would be like, oh, my God, did you feel that? It was awful. Oh, blah, blah. <laughs> He's just like, ah, it's like anything else. Well, that's what happens. That's how we feel when we get, like, you know, six feet of snow. Hurricanes. And, yeah. <laughs> or, like, a little ice storm, <laughs> yeah, you know? Exactly. We'd be like, where's my flip-flops? The rest of the country <laughs> declares, declares a state of emergency. We're like, oh, it's T-shirt weather. <laughs> so yes. no big deal, Tony. We didn't break anything. None of your big signs fell down. Nothing. No, no, they okay. weren't... Uh, they weren't bad where we are here, so okay, just a little bit. So Horse Week goes on. Absolutely, uh, amen. And you years. have you have like a calendar that is just chock full of stuff. Oh yeah, we're really excited this year. The uh, the ranch rodeo is so exciting. If you haven't seen it, you gotta you gotta see. It's different each time, so it's a show. Bull riding, uh, some of the finest. They put on a show that just bar none and the events during the week when you come out to that chili cook off you're getting part of the community and you just see the uh the want for those trophies and how much effort they put in and it, it, it's a lot of fun i and love the, chili uh, cook-offs by the way as a side note we go to every one we can find that's around here and i would just love to be a judge at a chili cook-off sometime i think that'd be a blast yes you get free beer when you judge. <laughs> there you go. I'll get that job. You Sorry, Glenn's not qualified. Glenn's not qualified. He's not. He just you doesn't have to. Lena will go. I, however, am qualified, and I have experience. Okay. <laughs> but you're invited out, too. You can be a judge. Excellent. There we go. We can go to Norco next year and be a chili judge. I know. <laughs> Tell your wife she needs to stay home. I love yeah. her, but she, she's, I'm not competing. For no, I'm going with you, so. Helena. You, you and I make good chili I know. judges. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave her home. We can we'll horrify take... all of Southern California, California in two days. That's right. Well, now <laughs> Jennifer keeps you under wraps. I, on the other hand, would light that light that fuse. 
Now, I met a lot of the people from Norco. We got to meet probably 200 people while we were there. And we actually, where it's hanging up on my wall here, uh, it's, and I don't remember what year it was. I'll have to look. But it's hanging up on my wall here, Tony, uh, that we were celebrity marshals in the Christmas parade. And I have the banner on my wall. Um, yeah, we, we have a lot of great events for, you know, and that's where the, the parade of uh, lights are speaking of. It's awesome. Yeah. It was fun. Now, now you have something coming up that this way it's April 18th through the 27th in Norco. You have something coming up called Adult Fun Night. I met some of the adults, and I'm really concerned about what exactly this might be. <laughs> well, what it is is uh, they bring their, their horse, and they get to compete in some uh, events that are a little different. Uh, they race with uh, ping-pong paddles with water, some uh, potatoes to see who can grab them the quickest, and Probably the most popular is what's called the hangman. And that's where we have an old, uh, an old truck that used to, uh, be used on the farm for hay. And there's a tire hooked to it swinging around. And two riders go out there and they have to hang on there, go down around, uh, and come back and then get picked up by the horse. And you see a lot of excitement occur. So. <laughs> Nothing could go wrong with that situation. Which begs the question, well, you've been doing allow, this 44 years, but that alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> how much planning, I mean, are there, I can just imagine every, you, you like, you know, your, your committee sitting around saying, okay, what kind of events are we going to have this year? What worked last year? What do we want to get rid of? What do we want to do that's new? How, Give us like a little insight as to how that conversation goes. Is it really casual or do you have to spend a lot of time planning? Well, we first off, we have a great, great group of volunteers and they come together in the community. And that is the heart of they're they're willing to serve, volunteer and get the job done. It takes an army to do it. And I, I have the pleasure of getting to serve and lead with them. But they are uh, incredible group of people. And when you, when you meet them, you see how they really care to make this place a better. We start planning and it's pretty much, uh, in, in October is when it really starts getting, uh, get a theme and we vote on it. We start moving forward and we try to have a timeline and, and just follow up on this year. It's the 50th birthday celebration of Norco. It became a city incorporated in 1964. The rural lifestyle has gone on for 50 years. So we made it special this year with, in the second weekend, there's going to be carnival rides for the kids. There's going to be uh, panning for gold. There's going to be faith painting. There's going to be all kinds of added events besides the normal that went on because of the 50th celebration. There's going to be food trucks with gourmet chefs. We're going to have multiple types of beer. Uh, Budweiser and Coors, and we're going to have wine, and we're going to have just welcoming the family out to enjoy the Easter celebration this year. Was neat when we were there, Helena. That uh, you know everybody knows each other because they're all horse people, and horse people tend to talk about horses. It's like when you walk your dog in a neighborhood; it's the only time you ever meet anybody because they talk to your dog. Yeah, totally. uh, you know, and it's the same thing out there. Is because everybody's horse people, and they're all riding in town. And then you know, you ride to go out to lunch, and you just put your horse in the little corral there by the restaurant, and you go in and have lunch. You come back out, you take your horse and go. Um, 
it just is that kind of feeling. And they're, they're truly, Tony, I, you know, we've been to a lot of places. I've never seen any place quite like Norco. It was truly, <laughs> a, it tr- because, because you also will never see a place, and, and I'm not slamming you here, it's, what, it's just what it is. You'll never see a place with that many horses in such small places, you know, such small accommodations and quarters. Um, yeah, there's a lot of mini ranches, but it is also an animal keeping lifestyle. You don't really have to have a horse. You just have to have a heart for some type of animal that you want to have. And you can come out and you can have, uh, you know, dogs or cats or birds or a pig or whatever, whatever you like to raise your family with. So that's what we're promoting, just a, a, a rural lifestyle in the midst of all these big cities. We have a little piece here where there's still some dirt left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a little piece, but you make it work. And it's not a big deal. You know, for some for some places and for some people who who sort of dabble in animals or dabble in horses and pigs, it's a big deal. But when they're an everyday part of your lives, you it's not as it's not as difficult or challenging to incorporate them into the fabric of those little tasks. So whether it's a small space or it's a hitching post or going to the store or socializing, your horses come with you just because they are an everyday part of your life. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That would be kind of There's one other thing here, too, that we we discuss is is family, you know, and we have, like, my lovely bride, the amount of work she puts into it, the job she does, and just the the support, you know, I can't thank her enough for what she does here, and, and, uh, you know, and also the just when we come together and we work hard, but it is a pleasure. It is a pleasure to do. So you guys are going to come out hopefully next year and be a part of it. Well, the 44th annual Norco celebration, what's the website? You have a website for it. Yes. It's just very simple. The NorcoHorseWeek.com. NorcoHorseWeek.com. You can find all the details. If you live anywhere near there, go check it out. Uh, it's to the as I said, it's to the west of LA, uh, and it is easy to get to. And it's you, it, for a horse person, it should be on your bucket list. Visiting Norco. I don't care if you go out for the celebration or another time. Visiting Norco should be on your bucket list for any horse person. Absolutely done. Done mine. <laughs> and chili Thank and you, beer. Tony. <laughs> Jen here, host of the Horse Tip Daily Show on the Horse Radio Network. The way consumers interact with the brands they have trusted for years and those they are about to fall in love with for the first time is becoming more and more mobile, literally, and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. Podcasts or internet radio shows like this one combine the new consumer preference for on-demand information and entertainment with the power of niche market audiences. Advertising on the Horse Radio Network podcasts allows you to reach the equestrian consumer using today's preferred on-demand delivery system. It's cost-effective and flexible, able to reinforce your existing marketing and social media strategies. To learn more about advertising on this show or any of the shows on the Horse Radio Network, contact us at 859-951-2022 or you can email us at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. That's glenn with two N's at horseradionetwork.com. Come and join the Horse Radio Network family. 
You'll enjoy the ride. Now it is time for Tack and Habit. This Tack and Habit segment is sponsored by Sparkle and Boom for all of your new media marketing needs. Visit them online at sparkleandboom.com. Well, my product today that I'm going to review is a little bit larger uh, in price tag than we usually do here on the show, but it's something that I, I got one of and have been using it now for about a month. And so I think I can, I can uh, review it uh, and and be uh, objective about it now. I got a carriage, a sprint cart, they're called, from Fry Carriage Company for little scooter to pull. And it was pony size, obviously, because scooter's only 12 and a half. Actually, he grew an inch, so he's about 12, uh, 3 now. Uh, I like. I know he did. <laughs> well, you know when they're only twelve and a half, 12, you count. <laughs> twelve two and a half. <laughs> yeah, you count the extra inches. Sort of like you always correct me about your height. Well, when your scooter's height, you have to go for anything you can get. Hey, uh, yeah, I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> so we got this sprint cart, which is a two-wheeled cart, no brakes, but a two-wheeled cart. They're made out of uh, metal and uh, some kind of metal, and they are truly. I've owned, usually when people start out driving, let me start here. Usually when people start out driving, they buy a Meadowbrook. And a Meadowbrook is a two-wheeled wooden cart. You've seen, a, you, you, if yeah. you've seen a horse driving a two-wheeled wooden cart, usually it's a Meadowbrook of some sort. Okay. And people usually buy those. And that's what we bought when we first started driving. We bought years a Meadowbrook. Years and years ago. Years and years ago. Okay. Problem with Meadowbrooks is they tend to be heavy. They're made of wood, and they tend to be heavy. And when you have a small pony like this, I wanted to get something that was a little lighter uh, because he's not only got to pull the cart around, he has to pull my fat butt around. So, you know, I had a 13-hand pony. words, not mine. <laughs> that has to pull us around. So I wanted to make sure I got something that was going to be good for him and good for me. So I, I looked around and did a lot of shopping and came up with the Fry Carriage Company, and they're out of uh, Wisconsin. And... They, um, they were so good to deal with. When I first contacted them, I said, I need to get this cart. I would like to have it painted in a custom color. I don't want just black because that's just not me. Anybody who listens to the show knows I'm not black. Oh, uh, I'm more colorful. So uh, they said, yes, you can pick any of one of these. There were literally about a thousand colors. And the cool part is you could have your wheels a different color than the, the... You could just tell them what parts you wanted, what colors, and they would paint it that way. So I did. So fully I, custom. Fully custom. I said, I want this, what we're calling electric blue, and I want these bright yellow wheels, and I want the little dashboard to be bright yellow. And they said, are you sure you want the dashboard to be bright yellow? I said, yes. I want it to look like a circuits cart when I'm done. <laughs> and pretty much we accomplished that goal. They did a great job. They shipped it here in a crate on a truck, and it showed up in my driveway. And it was very well packed in the crate. You can tell they had done this before. This is the nicest little cart I've ever owned, and I've owned several. This is the nicest one. A couple reasons. One, it's light. It weighs about 200 pounds, so it's a little lighter than most of them. The second reason that uh, I really like it is... 
Not only is it light, but it's quiet. One of the things about carts that drivers hate in carriages is they get to be noisy after a while. They squeak, and there's lots of the wheels squeak, and the different parts start to squeak. Just right. everything starts to squeak eventually, and you got a noisy ride. And you know how you don't like little noises in your car, Helena? Yeah. Well, it's the same way when you're driving a carriage. You get the little squeak that every time the horse moves, it squeaks. It just drives you crazy. So we got this cart. It is quiet. I just love that about this cart. And the other neat thing about it is these carts are made that you can't do with a wooden cart like, like a Meadowbrook. Is you, you can, it, there's nine different adjustments on it for the horse's height. The shafts adjust in and out. You can turn the shafts in different directions. You can make them go different lengths for the different size ponies. You can raise and lower the whole seat compartment on the cart to give different weight displacement for the, for the shafts so that not so the shafts aren't pushing down on the horse. Wow! That that it actually becomes almost level so that it's uh, it, it sort of floats. Mm-hmm. So the shafts aren't putting that extra pressure on the pony. Now, we had to adjust almost all nine adjustments to get that to happen with this one because he's on the smaller side for this cart. But we made it happen now. I couldn't have done that with any other cart. And it is just, you know, with all the different adjustments you can do, the seat adjusts backward and forward. So, like, if I'm sitting there with one person, if I get two people, you adjust the seat back. It takes more pressure off the shafts. It's just it well thought out, well constructed, and and it just works beautifully. We have had no problems with it. I've actually absolutely loved driving Scooter in it, and Scooter looks really cute in it too. Scooter looks crazy cute in it. He does. The picture of you, and first of all, where is that? Where did was that picture taken? The one of you that and was taken in their pasture. Okay, actually. Yeah. So so does he always look that cute? <laughs> yes, he always looks that cute. You might have seen a picture over the weekend too of him out with Beaker. Uh, Beaker, uh, Jennifer was riding Beaker, and I was. It's the first time that we've actually taken them out together, and uh, and Scooter was in the cart, and we took a picture of the with Jennifer on her horse and Scooter standing there. And doesn't he always look always look proud? He looks so proud that he can. He do this. looks <laughs> very tidy, like you yes. know, like he's standing up straight, and he takes his job seriously. Not so much he takes his job seriously, but he takes his position. <laughs> Yes. Quite seriously. <laughs> He's proud. He's very he proud. He is proud, yes. Um, he is happy to have a job. And I don't know if that comes from... I haven't had. I haven't always had ponies that were happy to have a job. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that comes from being a starvation case and not getting a lot of love or what, but he is just... So, he loves being in the harness. He loves being in the cart. He perks up, and he just loves having a job. So you can actually feel this. This is something... So you're out there. Now, how often... Okay. So the the... the Cart is still relatively new, and um, yes. Scooter is still relatively new to driving. He's green yes. Yes. Um, by pretty much from every angle that you look at this. So um, your first outing, when this photo was taken, was that your first time driving him? Yes. Hitched up that, and everything? Well, no, that was the first time that he had been by himself. Jennifer was heading him before, would stand in the front with him on a lead rope and okay. be in front of him the whole time. And then okay. what you do to train him up like that is you put him in the cart, or you, you do a lot of ground driving first, which we right. did. We did right. months of ground driving. And then we put him in the cart, and then Jennifer would head him, actually have a lead rope attached to his bridle. Yep. And she would walk around with him. And then we did many sessions like that. And then she would take the lead rope off and walk in front of him. 
Yeah. And then eventually she fades away and he's out there by himself. And that's how that's how we get him around to the point where he is now where he can go without a header. So uh, when this photo was taken, what what exercises, what did you do with him? Did you just sort of walk? Yeah, and, we practice a lot of walking and turning, you know, yeah. turning. And then it's different when you're ground driving and without the cart because there's no shafts, you know. So there's no, they're not pulling anything and there's no shafts. Right, So right. So when they're turning, then they make tighter turns and the shafts are there. They get a little confused as to why they can't push their butt over, which is a t- their tendency. That's what they want to do. Right. Um, so so how does he respond to that? Does does he get confused? Does he stop? Does he get if nervous? If he is confused, usually he stops. Okay. Uh, the other day he bolted for the first time. That was the first time I've ever had him do that. But that was because there was a loud crash at the next door neighbor's house. He must have dropped some metal. Oh, and it was behind him. And he reared up a bit and took off. And I managed to get him stopped within 20 feet. But, yep. uh, but he, you know, he was spooked. He just spooked. Uh, you were in the car at the time? Oh, yeah. That was a yeah. fun. It was fun. Which, in a way, well, it, it's <laughs> that's good. Why I wear a helmet. Yeah, that's where you were. But it's good because, you know, you, you kind of, it gives you a quick refresher course on emergency management techniques. <laughs> yes. And you know you what know? is funny? I asked Wendy after, you know, Wendy from the driving show. I asked her after, because she's driven four in hands, you know, done everything. Yeah. Just yank back like I did, and I did the seesaw motion to get him stopped, which he responded to very well. And she said, you do anything you can to stop the cart before you die. Yeah. She said, there's no rules. You just do anything you can to stop the cart before you die. It was very funny. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> and Wendy's not an alarmist. Like, she's, no. she's very grounded and down to earth and practical in her approach. I love that. I love that. But she's also not a... Um, She's not a cowboy either. She's No, but she's had a runaway or two. So she exactly. Well, that's what I mean is like she's going to tell you exactly what you need to know in order to stay alive. The one nice thing about the sprint cars is it open, it's open on the sides. So bailing out, you're not going to get hung up in the wheel. You could bail out very easily out of it. I see this. So, so there's no yeah. arm, like there's no, no. arm rest on the side no. there. And I can you fit two people in the cart? Can you yes, fit two you can fit two. Yep, comfortably. Now, Jennifer and I have both been on. Yep. Now, now, if you, let's just say you were ever to... Compete would would this would you consider this a competitive cart? You could do you lower levels, lower levels. You could do. Um, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be for anything higher. You know, very baby levels. You could compete with it. Um, in Not the seat. kind of thing where you would need a navigator or anything. No, right, correct. Okay. And usually so no... with ponies this side, you don't necessarily need them anyway. But okay, uh, okay, yeah. No, it, it, you could do that. I'm just doing it for fun, and yeah, you know, only plan on driving around the neighborhood, and you know, maybe taking him to uh, to to the woods around here. They have cart paths and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I plan on doing with it. And it'll so, be fun for you to go out with Jen. Like, you and Jen can go out together. Yeah, yeah, we'll be able to go out together. And she's looking forward to being able to go out where she's riding. And, um, you know, she had to, we had to get Beaker used to the car, too. Well, you saw the picture. He didn't care. He was bored. Yeah. Um, well, until he does care. Until he decides yes. he wants to care. <laughs> exactly. Beaker, Beaker <laughs> reserves the right to care without advance notice. That's something, you know, people forget about, too, is you have to get your horses, your riding horses, used to car- carriages and carts. Because they haven't necessarily had to deal with those before, either. No, no, it's a good point. But he didn't care. He really didn't care. <laughs> it was like, oh, he was more bored than anything. I am so excited, and I can't wait for Grace to meet Scooter. She's going to... Oh, she's going to love Scooter. Absolutely fall in love, and I know she's going to want to learn how to drive. I know this for sure. She, We watched a silly like Netflix movie that featured um, harness racing, and she was like, I want to try that, Mom. And I was like, oh, please, God, no. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm, you know, no. I want to try that too. 
Wendy and I both want to try harness racing. Oh, like let's just go down to Florida first and have a couple go arounds with Scooter and and Jennifer and Glenn, and then we'll see if you want to do some harness. Bring her racing. down. We'll put her in the cart. She'll just, you know, anybody that's met Scooter's fallen in love with Scooter because he's just that kind of little pony. But well, I think Scooter uh, will end up falling in love with Grace because she's that yeah. kind of kid. Yep. I saw Gracie riding the other day. And, oh, by the way, before we get off of this, it's Fry Carriage Company, and you can find it at frycarriagecompany.com. So just or just search for F R E Y Carriage Company, and you'll find you'll find the link to many of their carriages. They do restorations. This isn't the only kind of thing they do. They do competition carriages. They do antique carriages where they restore them. Some beautiful antique carriages. I bet. Uh, so check them out. I saw the video of Gracie going round and round on your horse, right, the other day in an indoor? Yeah, I have my own little exercise rider. Oh, my God. She is a... How old is she? She's 11. 11. She is a quiet little rider. She is a very quiet little rider. Oh, my gosh. I was so impressed. She's very relaxed up there. She has... uh, She's very relaxed up there. Walk, trot, canter, 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 typical kid. Canter, 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 loved it. I mean, just... You could tell she just loved riding. She has no, which is really interesting because she's a very cautious person, but she does not have fear when she rides, which, you know, enables her to fully relax in the in the saddle. We, um, She was cantering outside the other day, and it's spring here in New England, which means it's freezing, <laughs> and everybody's <laughs> got the woohoos and, and getting muddy. Mm, yeah. And well, we're in the outdoor arena, and... Um, which is, you know, sandy but nice. And she's she's like, Mom, I want to ride Brody outside. I'm like, all right, just so you know, it's springtime and he's going to be a handful. She's like, I don't care. So I'm standing out there, you know, and I'm watching her go around, whatever. And there is something that only a mother can tell. And I saw the look in his eye change. You know, I just saw the look in his eye change. And he picked it up barely, barely a half a stride a second. And I just... I knew he was going to have some fun. And I was like, Grace, pull that horse up now. Now, sit back and pull. And she's like, what is your problem? And then all of a sudden, you know, it was like a millisecond after I saw it. She felt it. She was like, oh, boy. And she pulled back on his face with everything she had. And she had to because he's he's fairly rateable, but there are times where he can just he gets a little hard in the mouth from, I think, just from his old school horse days. But she definitely, she brought him back very quickly. But you, you just, there's something that you see, but she has no fear, you know, like even knowing that she had to slow this horse down, she was still like, I don't get it, mom. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm never going to survive this. Is she a roller coaster girl? She loves yeah. speed and Yahoo. Yeah. I thought so. <laughs> I thought she would be. I'm like, and she's really thin. She's very slight. I'm like, please, God, don't let her ask me to be a jockey. <laughs> don't put this kid on a thoroughbred, whatever you do. Yeah, she would probably like that. Yeah. She's going to really love games, isn't she, in Pony Club? She's, she is loving Pony Club like you would not believe. She's on a different pony every week, and she just totally loves it. She's going to love games. She's going to have her spoon and her egg. She's going to have a blast with that. Absolutely. Yep. Loves it. <laughs> well, good. Very good. Well, that'll be fun. We'll get to see her at Pony Club National someday in Lexington. You sure will. <laughs> She's the kind of kid who'll do that. She's the kind of kid who'll go there just because it's fun. Just because it's fun. 
Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us this week. We really appreciate it. You can find us on the your phones. Just go to the Android or iOS app store, search for Horse Radio Network, download the free app. It's the easiest, simplest way to listen to all 11 shows here on the network. We also appreciate our patrons, the people who have become HRN auditors, who have signed up to help support the Horse Radio Network and the hosts like Helena. You can do that by just stopping over at StableScoop.com and clicking on the big banner in the middle of the page. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron and a supporter of the Horse Radio Network. If you enjoy our programming, if you enjoy Helena, then please do consider doing that. We thank everybody that has, and we're looking forward to working with all of those people on some special projects here in the very near future. And Helena can be found at... Uh, psh, I'm all over the place, but the best place to find me is at sparkleandboom.com, www.sparkleandboom.com. When I'm not totally talking your ear off here on Stable Scoop, I'm working to help other companies, small businesses, large businesses, horse businesses, non-horse businesses, get their marketing under control. Sparkleandboom.com. Very good. Thank you, Helena. Thank you, Glenn. Um, that's it for this week, but there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping. <laughs>